0: Wow. I- enjoyed my 4th of July weekend oh it's great to be back great to be back here on a Wednesday giving you the number one form number one ticket hottest show on the market right here when it comes to crimson Tide football in my own words yours truly Stephen Smith of touchdowns Alabama magazine bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham streaming this to you on YouTube speaking of a channel go ahead right now drop a thumbs up give a like on the show hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on, hit that little bell so that way you can get all the conversation That is Alabama football. Also, we're streaming this to you on Facebook and Twitter as well. No excuse whatsoever for you not to be locked in. The number one ticket, that is Bama football. We got a lot to get into on the day. A lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. We're going to have an outstanding guest join us later on in the show. My man, Zach Stevens, who covers the Denver Broncos for Denver Sports. Going to give us an update here on Jerry Judy. And also, Patrick's for Tampa. Second, got a new game we're unveiling on the show: the Elimination Game. So, a lot to bring to you, the Bama Nation, on this evening. And we want you guys being a part of the show. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That's the number down. Let your voice be heard on the channel, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Jimmy the Man Cash Clay getting us started with that Super Chat Gold. This $50 coming in here. Appreciate the donation and love coming from Jimmy Clay. The Daily Super Chat Gold, $75 daily. Super chat go, but appreciating the fifty there. Starting us off there from Jimmy Clay. Got a shout out, my man John. Everyone, time in the building, in the production studio, doing his thing. And John, I thoroughly enjoyed myself Fourth of July weekend. Um, my family and I, we are a very competitive bunch. Uh, my family, we played a cornhole. And, uh, you know, a kickball tournament, and I was a two-time champion, baby. My team won the Cornhole Tournament. My team won the kickball tournament. They poured water on me. We were dancing around. Great time. <laughs> Great victory. Really uh, enjoyed my time there. But as we jump into on topic number one of conversation for tonight's show Name, image, likeness, capitalizing off these things is a conversation that's not going to go away. We're already seeing more and more Alabama student athletes, uh, Inc, partnerships, endorsement deals, capitalizing off their likeness. But you know, today, I want to get into 10 players. You know, my top 10 Bama players in the history of the program that would have greatly benefited from NIL. And of course, if you have a thought, fans, definitely want to encourage you to engage with us, you know, have us your thoughts. But can we go here? My top ten players that would have benefited. At number 10, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts would have really benefited off Nil. Remember, prior to him coming in 2016 in the Saban era, you know, Alabama never had a true freshman starting quarterback. We saw what Jalen did that year. He set records, he broke records. Uh, freshman, all, uh, SEC Freshman of the Year, SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Just, you know, a, a guy that, you know, a man of the people. People, you know, love Jalen and enjoy being around Jalen. You have the hurt So Good hashtag, the hurt So Good button that was on people's shirts. Like Jalen, uh, companies would have came to Jalen. Jalen Hurts made quite the amount of money off this thing. Companies who have really came with Jalen. You know, not too many people are loved by two different programs the way Jalen is. And, of course, you go back to, you know, I was at his youth football camp on June 26th. Black, white, Hispanic, they were all out there showing that support. So, number 10, I think Jalen Hurts would have truly benefited. Moving on up here to number 9, give me Cornelius Biscuit Bennett here. And uh, I know when you bring up Biscuit, you got to talk about Derek Thomas. We'll get to him soon. But starting this off with Cornelius Bennett, Biscuit was one of the first real intimidating, physical, imposing, scary defensive pass rushers. And, you know, Biscuit – I think it was between 1986 or 87, I think it was 86, where he had the huge sack of Steve Berline, the sack. You know, Burline, the quarterback of Notre Dame, just flattened him like a pancake there. And, you know, that got the Daniel Moore painting. Biscuit would have made a lot of money off that Daniel Moore painting. And I know he ended up going to the NFL and played in those Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills. But I feel like Cornelius Bennett, if NIL would have been around at that time, him being one of the more po- one of the more dominant, imposing figures, Biscuit would have gotten some money off that. But he's number eight. Moving on up to number seven. Give me sh- – number eight, excuse me. Getting ahead of myself. Number eight, give me Sean Alexander. Sean Sweetfeet Alexander. And uh, but, but Saban's had a lot of great running backs come to the program. Uh, a lot of them still playing. In the NFL right now three of those guys or two of those guys were Heisman Trophy winners and you know all the Heisman guys uh, honorable mention guys but when I look at when you talk to Alabama fans out there and you ask them you know who got you started watching type football who engrafted you engraft you or who indoctrinated you in a lot of them will go Sean Alexander Sean was the reason why I got in the Bama football. He could carry the team. He wasn't the biggest guy, strongest guy, fastest guy, but he had speed, he had subtle explosiveness, he had burst, he had vision, he had quick feet. You know, that, that Florida game, the, the, both Florida games in the 99 season, the game in the swamp and of course the SEC championship. He put the team on his back and he's kind of got that that corporate vibe to him. When Sean walked into a room, you felt like he could run a company, he could run a brand, he's got that personality, he's got that feeling about himself. And I remember, when he was presenting Will Anderson with the Freshman of the, Week of the Year Award, so many people were just excited to see Sean back on campus you know, doing big things there. Yes, you know, he had a good career in the NFL. I think he was on the cover of Matt in 07. But Sean Alexander, uh, to me here, number eight guy that would have greatly benefited off the, the NIL. Going down to number seven, we get into Ken Stabler, Ken Snake Stabler. And you know, to me, Ken Stabler was the tough, gritty, grimy, you know, put your hands to the plow, work, let's just get this thing done. It may not be pretty, it may not be sexy, but let's just win. And that's what he embodied at Alabama, and that's what Bama fans loved about him. And you look at probably his most famous play arguably in the history of the program was his run in mud in the Iron Bowl to beat Auburn seven to three. I mean, the field was horrendous, muddy, wet, atrocious field conditions, but this is exactly what you know, Ken Stabler you know, was about. And I could literally see a company you know, coming to him, whether it was a Mercedes-Benz company or a steel plant, or just any type of warehouse deal, you know, endorsing him because he was that tough, gritty, hardhead, you know, type of guy. And, you know, at the quarterback position, you know, gritty, tough, runner, scrambler, could make throws. You know, sometimes he kind of, you know, worried Paul Bear Bryant a little bit, but Ken Stabler, you know, a guy that did his thing, he's number seven here. Moving on up to number six, Derek Thomas. The most physically imposing defensive player in the history of Alabama football. He didn't. He not. He not only won up to biscuit Bennett in terms of single season records. He won up to himself. I mean, Derek Thomas, 18 sacks in a single season, 1987, 1988. He went up to 27 sacks. He has made it virtually impossible for anybody to catch him. If Will Anderson is to catch him, you No, know, Will would have to average two to three sacks you know this season you know per game but you know Derek Thomas a, a guy that he made opposing quarterbacks scared he made opposing you know offensive coaches scared he made the wives and girlfriends of these opposing quarterbacks scared because you didn't know where Derek was going to come from he would light you up from any area on the field and one part of being a big corporation is how do you stay relevant in, 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 in everything? Derek Thomas kept two coaches relevant when you talk, Bill Curry and Ray Perkins. So Derek Thomas would have benefited off that NIL if it was around for him. He's number six. Moving on up here to number five, Julio Jones. Julio, and Julio came in at a time where we had never seen big freakish, athletic, lanky, physical wide receiver before. Like when Julio came in 08, we were like, oh, okay, that guy's different. That guy's special. That guy is something else. And only if he would have played in today's offenses, he could have been even better. Yes, he's got the Kia dealerships, the Kia company. But if NIL was around with Julio, Julio would have made some bank off that. He's number five. At number four, Joe Namath. Joe Cool, Broadway Joe. The the, the first really big, uh, glamour, appealing, uh, you know, you you felt like this was an Alabama quarterback, when you talk Joe Namath. I mean, big arm, big presence, big ability. won the national championship, I believe that was 1962, if I'm not mistaken, the second one with Bear Bryant, and, and he and Bear, no, you know, butted heads at times, but I feel like with, with Namath, he, 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 to me he was quarterback by day, actor by night. You could go to any commercial, you can go to any brand, you could go to any venue and put Joe Namath on the cover of it, everybody was gonna buy it, everybody was gonna pick that up, you know, Joe just had that swag to him rocking the mink coat. He just had that sauce to him. Joe named, to me, oh number four right there, guy that would have really benefited off NIL. Jumping on down to number three, we'll go A.J. McCarron. And I feel like people at times forget how much loved A.J. was. I mean, a kick six kept him from being a three-time national championship starting quarterback. A kick six kept him from being the biggest face in the BCS era of all time, though he was one of the big faces there. I think A.J. McCarron was the only quarterback where Nick Saban jumped into his arms after the game. So you saw that relationship. And he kind of had this huge uh, Americana feel to him as a two-time national champion starting quarterback. So, you know, number three, NIL was around. Definitely A.J. McCarron. Number two, Tua Maloa. That throw, second in 26, changed everything. It went from Kirby's going to win something to everything was taken away from Kirby. Nick Saban, the greatest moment of his life, Tua would have made millions, billions just off that throw. That throw changed everything. That throw changed the game. That throw changed the trajectory of a lot of things. Helped Nick Saban tie Bear Bryant in terms of championships. And last but not least here, folks, number one, uh, Tyrone Pro Throw. Just because, you know, the compound leg injury, his football career was stripped from him. If if NIL was around with Pro Throw, it would have been a lot better for him because athletic, gifted, special wide receiver, she could have had some spending, he could have had some startup money to start his career after football. He would have greatly benefited from name image likeness because of how dynamic he was. But folks, that's gonna lead us to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that doubt, just getting started. Upon our return, we dive into your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your engagements right after this. As we are back in here folks back into the action on a wednesday hump day how to show on the streets number one form for bama football news and my own words your truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine got to shout out jimmy clay again jimmy cash clay that 25 dollars donation he takes care of the daily super chat goal of 75 dollars Bye. Him, Sam, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, John. Put that horn on again because McConic has come in here with a $25 donation. So we appreciate McConic coming in here and helping out Jimmy Clay right there. As always, people, the Daily Super Chat Gold, $75, Daily Super Chat Gold, Jimmy Clay and McConnick getting it done for us as we're back in here from the break we got our call segment here brought to you by the blue wrench gang taking your phone calls right now 205-448-1358 the number right there 205-448-1358 we grab a call from wayland wayland what's going on brother wayland what's going on you're on the show
3: yeah, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody doing good? You doing good, Stephen? Doing great, man. Doing fantastic. Well, I was sitting here laughing a little bit there when I heard you talk about biscuits when he sacked Steve and I was there at the ball game. cost $15 to get a ticket in 1986. Think about that. 15 big ones. Woo! Boy, that was a lot of money back in, I tell you. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July holiday there. And once again, let's remember these people in Surfside, Miami. We still got a lot of people... And, and suffering down here these this loss all these people in this building you know falling i tell you it's just tragic something tragic every day on the news and uh you know this pay for play you know well, i guess we had everybody dumping the milo tea down the down the drain like uh the boston tea party there i done it nacho my buddy done it i think everybody put a tiktok video up but you didn't dump your tea did you drink it or did you dump it Stephen? you know wait a minute i thought about it but then you know
0: malachi saved the day so when malachi you know said he got his with my i said said, you know what for malachi i'm not gonna dump it
3: i hear you not well i hear you me and nacho might have got a little excited there too quick but anyway that sounds good everybody in the blue Ridge gang you're looking good doing a great job on this 75 a day meeting everything everybody looks good here stay safe uh We'll meet here again in a few weeks. The Lord's willing there. And once again, my favorite man got out of jail. A lot of people ain't going to like this, but I loved him. Hey, 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 Fat Albert. I'll catch everybody in a few weeks. Y'all be good, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Appreciate waiting for the call. They're showing that love for one Bill Cosby. We'll take our next call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on?
4: Hey, hey, Steven. Hey, Roll Tide. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Got an interesting question for you. Go ahead. Now, we all know as, as Bama fans that Nick Saban has installed something called The Process. You know, this is involving everything from recruiting, player development, their personal lives, you know, everything. And there was someone, I forget if it was Sports Illustrated or ESPN, said one of his biggest recruiting pitches to the family is he'll look parents in the eye and say if you entrust me with your son I will give you back a man you know and a lot of people like that but I've not really heard that other coaches are saying you know six championships in 12 years this guy's doing it right I want to install that process at my school have you heard of anybody going that far or are they just trying to you know, pick it apart. Pick a few things that they like because they don't want to say, "Well, I'm winning. I won because I copied Saban."
0: I mean, uh, the great. I mean, people people want to, to to imitate greatness. Absolutely, you can see a little bit of that in in the Georgia program with Kirby Smart. He's trying to. Take some things that he learned from Saban to apply down there at Georgia. Now, are they doing exactly like Saban does it? No, because Saban doesn't teach you everything. Saban doesn't unveil everything. So, you can take bits and pieces, but it's not going to be exactly how Saban would run it we appreciate that call there coming right there there from that call like, absolutely you can see you can, can take bits and pieces but not not, not actually like how save gonna you no know, full-on do it but quick little topic right here and it goes to one malachi moore speaking of nil's malachi moore is actually using his for a bigger purpose he's using his endorsements he's using his partnerships to give back to a to, 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 a, to a young man little boy Ford Bertram, who's also a Trustville native, built Ford Tough here. Ford Bertram, who was diagnosed with leukemia in February, on February 13th of last year. He and Malachi have a very close friendship and you no know, more wants to see his little body, his young friend, continue to fight, persevere, get well, get better, beat this disease, beat this illness. So 10% of his proceeds from his partnerships will go to helping out and supporting the family of Ford Bertram, just really, really wonderful uh, gesture from a wonderful, from a wonderful young man and a guy in Malachi that you know continues to take the Nick Saban mantra of people may not remember what you do on the football field, but what you do for them in an hour of need and in a time of need, that is what people are going to remember the most about you. So proud to see you know Malachi Moore reach out there and help the family of young Ford Bertram there. But we take a break right now on the show. Don't touch that dial. Upon our return, we will sit down with Zach Stevens of Denver Sports to talk about Jerry, Judy, and Patrick Sertan for second right after this. <laughs> Back in here, folks, from the break on a Wednesday, middle of the week, number one form for Bama Football News. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And we make our way over to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up a home run hitting guest right here. We got none other than Zach Stevens of Denver Sports covering those Broncos, Mile High, and Vesco Field. Zach, how you feeling, my man? Happy to have you in here.
2: Oh, Stephen, it is great. I'm loving the energy. Thanks for having me on, my friend.
0: Absolutely. So, Zach, let's, let's get down to business right here. So, last year, you know, 2020, the Broncos took Jerry Judy at wide receiver from Alabama, number 15 overall. So many people talked about best receiver on the board, most complete receiver on the board, do-it-all type of guy. And last season he had a, he had a good rookie year. 52 catches, over 800 yards, you know, three touchdowns. He averaged 16.5 yards per catch, so some decent numbers. Had two 100-yard games, but he also suffered from some drops there that people were not, I guess, used to seeing there. When you talk about a former five-star and Judy, as he's training this offseason, as he's working this offseason, do you feel like you know he's ready to be? the number one guy in Denver, and taking this game to another level, being more consistent here in year two?
2: I really, really do feel like he's ready to take that big jump. And Jerry was pretty honest with us this offseason, and he said just he, he was doing a little too much last year because we know, and you know really well, just how great his route running is. When he was a rookie, he was trying to do a little too much and he was open all of the time. But sometimes instead of doing just one move on a defender to get open and that's all he needs to do, he was doing two moves and then it was throwing off his timing on the route. In college, you can do that because you're just so wide open. In the NFL, if you're throwing off a a route's timing, that's going to hurt where the quarterback is throwing the ball because they're throwing to a spot. They're not throwing to a player, as you know. So I think that that's going to help him get on the same page with the quarterback this year. And that was one of the biggest things that Jerry Judy had an issue with last year. And it wasn't all his fault by any means. But him and Drew Locke were just never really on the same page. And so you couple that with the fact that the Broncos just had pretty bad quarterback play last year, I think it's actually really impressive what Jerry was able to do with 52 catches, 856 yards. I'm very impressed and very encouraged with where he's at. And here's the thing, Stephen. Jerry is going to take off this year, I believe, with the connection that he's building with Teddy Bridgewater. And right now the Broncos are in a quarterback competition with, with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I believe Teddy's going to win that job. And what we've seen from the month of OTAs and minicamp that I've been able to watch down there uh, at Dove Valley with the Broncos is the chemistry between Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy is already really, really good. Teddy's a guy that'll throw to a spot where a receiver needs to be, and so far Jerry has been all over that.
0: That is really interesting because both guys, Zach, are South Florida guys, Bridgewater and Judy. And keep in mind, when Bridgewater was in high school, he threw to another former Alabama wide receiver, Amari Cooper. So now Bridgewater would get another guy in Judy. That is incredible. But going from one South Florida guy to another one on the defensive side, the Broncos took Patrick Sertan the second in this draft. And, you know, here's a guy, lockdown corner, solid corner, big-time defender. You're already starting to see a couple of the leadership players, the Broncos, speak very highly of this young man. What has impressed you so far about Patrick Sertan's game as he takes on his rookie year?
2: Everything, Stephen. Everything's been impressive about him. Like you said, he has all of the physical tools you could ever imagine – To dominate in the SEC, which he has those to to, to dominate in the NFL. And then he also has everything else that you need, including the mental aspect of the game, but not just the typical mental aspects that people have that, you know, smart, good football, like you, this is a guy with his dad, Pat Sertan, who played in the NFL, played against the Broncos many years, what was very good in the NFL. So he has the experience of what it's like to be in the NFL. So typically uh, for many players, you have a rookie learning curve where you transfer into the pros and your whole life changes from college to the NFL and you have to get used to the game. I really do think that he has a big leg up this year by having that experience from his dad, being around NFL players in the past, knowing what that life is like. So I don't think he's going to have much of a transition at all. Now the biggest transition for Patrick Sertan, or I shouldn't say transition, the biggest hurdle that he's going to have is the Broncos have three other really good cornerbacks on the roster night right now that are making $10 million a year. So he's going to have to come in and just prove that he's this top 10 pick, which everything he's done this offseason has absolutely been that. You mentioned a couple of veterans pointing to him. Von Miller said, when I first saw him out there on the field, I thought he was a pass rusher because he's so big. Justin Simmons an all pro safety said, He's the size of me, and that's exactly right. He's the size of the Broncos' biggest secondary player in Justin Simmons, so he has it all, and, man, out there, it is fun to watch. And, Stephen, I'll tell you something. the Jerry Judy and Patrick Sertan have gone up against each other many times during this offseason, and you can tell they're just having a blast with it, and it's been really fun to watch. But Jerry Judy has been showing the rookie what it's like in the NFL. Jerry Judy's gotten the best of him, but not because Sertan hasn't looked good. It's just Jerry Judy. He's being in the exact right spot while the rookie's just trailing him.
0: If you're just turning into the show, people, we got Zach Stevens here on the phone lines. In my own words, you're truly Stephen M. Smith talking about the Denver Broncos, in particular, Jerry, Judy, and Patrick Sertan II. So, Zach, you have actually brought us into a fantastic segue and bringing the two together. Just in what ways have you seen where – you know, Judy and Sertan have been able to play off each other, whether it's, uh, whether it's you know, understanding the route concept and, and Judy's able to get the better of him on a route, or Sertan being able to read the route and, and get in front of Judy. Like, 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 what type of cues have both of these two been given to each other to make sure that they're both on their game uh, coming into this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, first off, the the chemistry between the two, you can tell that they played at college together and that they're good friends. And I think that's really going to help Patrick Sertan, especially since this is the guy who's going to be out going up against him. Jerry's going to know exactly what to tell him after he beats him on a play. And I remember this one play, it was a red zone drill. It was Jerry Judy out on the right side. Patrick Sertan lined up one-on-one against him from about five yards out earlier this offseason. And it was a little out route to the corner that Jerry ran to perfection and caught it from Teddy Bridgewater right in the corner. Patrick Sertan was right on him, but you can't beat a perfect throw and a perfect catch. And the coverage was nearly perfect. Jerry gets it, does a little dance right in front of the rookie, and then smacks him on the helmet saying, rookie, it's, it's okay, kid. You, you'll be fine. And really, the only person that's beat, Jerry, or that's beat Patrick Sertan this offseason is, has been Jerry Judy. And so I think that just speaks volumes to both of these guys because the Broncos do have a really good receiving core, although Cortland Sutton has been on the sideline for this offseason that he recovers from an ACL. But Patrick Sutan has, has just been as impressive as you would expect from the ninth overall pick.
0: Gonna be fun watching the Denver Broncos this season, Cherry Judy and Patrick for is Second, we appreciate Zach Stevens coming on here to give us a lowdown on both players covering the Denver Broncos from Denver Sports. Zach, man, love the lowdown, love the energy. Appreciate you, man. Take care of yourself. Hey,
2: thanks so much for having me on, Steven.
0: Absolutely, Zach Stevens. are joined uh, Zach Stevens on the show, covering the uh, Denver Broncos for Denver Sports. Just give us a little update there on Jerry, Judy, and Patrick's or Tam the second as the Denver Broncos soon will be in training camp late this month. Really excited to watch that team in the upcoming season. But folks, we take a break right now. But when we come back, we do we get back into the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your texts, your chats, your tweets. We interact with you, the Bama Nation, right after this
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: Rockin' and rollin', folks. Rockin' and rollin' in from the break of the number one form for Crimson Tide Football News. In my own words, George Strongly. Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama, uh, Alabama Magazine. We're back in here to the phone lines to take your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. That's number gal dial right there to so let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. We grab a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on?
3: Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York City. How you doing, brother?
0: Bill, what's going on, man? How you doing?
3: Okay. Listen, I, I sent you a money order because it was taking so long for checks to clear. But now they started clearing. I'm going to go back to checks. But any, anyway, let, let me just tell you, with the top ten, I was a little disappointed that Derrick Henry wasn't in there. Like, what you said about Malachi Moore was so beautiful. But when Derrick was at the, when he was at the Combine, he actually went to a children's hospital, you know, while other people were out partying. He's, he was always a great player, great, great guy. You know, I, I hope he makes $100 million, you know. And the other thing I wanted to say we're inside 60 days now, man, until Miami. And I want this defense of ours to pitch a shutout. I'm still so excited about this defense. I can't believe what we're going to see. What do you think about that?
0: I am, Bill, I am excited for this defense, too. I think the last three years they have grown tired of people saying, you guys not dominant anymore, not elite anymore, and this group is ready to go out there with the tear on fire. I'm excited to see the first hit put on De'Eric King, a good quarterback for Miami, but I'm really pumped up about this defense. Absolutely, Bill. I'm excited for it.
3: You're the man, Stephen. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Absolutely, Bill. They're calling from New York. Uh, appreciate the appreciate, Bill. Guys, shout out Bill. Out, no know, Bill with the money order there. Thank you for Bill for the off. He's been showing us on the show. Even though I did not have Derrick Henry in the top ten, I mean, I, I sat there and said, you no, know, all the Heisman winners, you know, honorable mention guys, they're worthy of it. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Devontae Smith, all worthy of it. But we all kind of knew that, you know, those three guys after you win the Heisman, you're gonna go and be like, like a major high round draft pick. So, you know, those guys honorable mention, you do have to mention those guys, but I just felt like that top 10 I had was a very respectable top 10. If you guys have thoughts, definitely call in for your thoughts on who would you feel like would have been the most to benefit off name, image, likeness. But as you're getting your thoughts in, cool topic here. Devontae Smith's trophy case is not stopping, y'all. It's not stopping. Before he takes his first NFL snap with the Eagles, Smitty is the recipient of the Roy F. Kramer SEC Male Athlete of the Year. Took that award today. And coming off a season where it was incredible. Net every receiver in college football for receptions, one seventeen yards, eighteen hundred fifty-six touchdowns with twenty-three. Won every or more imaginable known to man. And what's so crazy is the way that he went from being national championship game-winning catch guy to uh, the greatest receiver to ever play in the history of the program. It's incredible. I, I remember. After Smitty made the game-winning touchdown catch against George as a, as a freshman, so many people were still talking about, you know, he's good, but Jerry Judy's the guy. You know, Henry Ruggs, fast. You know, Jalen Waddle is this, and uh, and he, and he just continued to work, grind, be a perfectionist, and uh, winning awards, being top ten pick you know, pocketing a $20.1 million contract for four years. And now, SEC Male Athlete of the Year. That trophy case has no end to it. Big ups there. Uh, to Devontae Smith and excited to see the chemistry and the big play action and the production that he and Chang and Hertz are going to look to put together on the field for the Eagles. But we take a break right now on the show. When we get back, we unveil the new game interactive segment to in my own words, we jump into it right after this.
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: As we are back in here, folks, from the break, tidying up loose ends on Wednesday. Hump Day, number one form for Crimson Tide Football News. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Ex- thankful to each and every last one of you guys calling in, writing in, texting in, super chatting in. Appreciate the love from each and every last one of you. And before we get into the final topic of conversation, our game segment here, gotta remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. So for all of you, so for all of you Bama fans, still overjoyed with the Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our championship collection merch. Now, this means you grab you an 18 of them things, folk. Hoodie, t-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18? We do shirts, designs that feature all 18 championship years on the back. You head on over to TDAwear.com, do it right now. TDAwear.com. You go over Championship Collections merch tab and you get that gear to dash. You can see I'm rocking my TDAwear shirt, showing that support for Coach Saban, University of, Al- of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. Well, wow. you guys enjoy locker drop. You guys, were, you, you guys were down with buy, sell, or hold. But now we bring the new game here, Elimination. That's the game, Elimination. So in this game here, you've got three questions, basically. you got three questions. You've got four answer choices, four options. And I am eliminating all the different options until we get down to the true number one answer. And it's geared toward... This season for Alabama football, because we're all excited, we're all overjoyed, we're all pumped up as we're inside of 60 days until Alabama-Miami set up for Saturday, September 4th, inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff matchup there. So, we ready to get it popping, we ready to get it going. Here we go. Elimination game, we dive into the first start here. Oh, wow.
4: Man,
0: first thought here. All right. So we got most exciting player for Alabama in the 2021 season. Most exciting player for Alabama. And our answer choices we got here, we got Will Anderson, outside linebacker. We got Bryce Young, quarterback. We got John Mechie, wide receiver. And we got Malachi Moore, defensive back. Now, I like John Mechie. I think he's really good. I think he's really talented. I think he's going to take that step to be the number one guy. But not feeling John Mechie for this answer. Not, not feeling John Metchie. Uh, Malachi Moore, really good, really athletic, dynamic. You no know, land for team and interceptions last year with three. Freshman All-American. You no know, second team All-SEC. Second uh, for, for, second team all SEC, freshman all SEC, so, you know, great player, great dude, great personality, but I'm not really feeling Malachi for this answer either. Now, Will Anderson, whoo-hoo, Will, going into his sophomore year, seven sacks last year, ten and a half tackles for loss. Freshman All-American. Sean Alexander, freshman of the year from the Football Writers Association. The guy was a big, big, huge, massive deal right here. We're going to actually keep Will Anderson on the board here for a few. We're going to actually keep Will Anderson right here. Right, Now, B.Y., you know, former five-star coming over from high school in California, you know, played, got in nine games last year, had an incredible spring. Coach Saban, teammates, everybody talking about him. Uh, The the guy, strong spring game for 300 yards passing, one touchdown. But Dixie Howell, most valuable player of the game. So we got Will Anderson and we got Bryce Young. Who are we going to go with? We're going to go Bryce Young. We're going to go Bryce Young as the most exciting player for Alabama for 2021. And why are we going to go Bryce Young? For the simple reason of – People want to see. We all want to see what he's got on the field. We want to see the accuracy. We want to see the precision. We want to see the escapability. We want to see the big playability. Most importantly, we want to see can he be the fifth the fifth player of the Saban era as a first-year starting quarterback now to take this team wire to wire, start to finish, and be a national champion, everybody is lasered in on number nine, big nine, Bryce Young. That's the one everybody is most excited about here. So we dive into now our, oh man, our second question. (laughs) All right, so second thought here, we got most breakout Alabama player for 2021. Now for breakout player, you know, this will be the guy that, you know, probably did not get much of an opportunity to do anything in 2020. And we're all looking forward to this player, for this player to do big, big things here in the upcoming season. And the answer choices here. We got Jalil Billingsley at tight end. We got Jace McClellan at running back. We got Drew Sanders as outside linebacker. And we got Tim Smith on the defensive line. Now, here we go here. Uh, Tim Smith, really like him really intrigued by him, really fascinated by him, really an outstanding playmaker. We we saw him last year when he got in here and he made some stuff happen, but not really feeling Tim Smith on this, not really feeling Tim Smith. So now we look at the likes of Jaleel Billingsley. Jaleel has a chance to have a monster year. He's got a chance to have an incredible year. Bill O'Brien in here. We've we've seen what he has done with tight ends, whether at the collegiate level or the professional level, but not really feeling Jaleel Billingsley for this, even though he did have 18 catches, 287 yards and three touchdowns last season. Not really feeling Jaleel right here. Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders, five-star monster from the state of Texas when he came out of high school. Didn't really have an opportunity last year because of COVID. Gonna have more of a shot this year, and we're gonna keep Drew on the board here. We're gonna keep Drew right here. Jace McClellan, big speed burst, explosiveness at high school, Alito, Texas 2020. We saw him a little bit last year, made big plays, huge plays. Of course, uh, of course, you know, we saw him, you know, last year, you know, against Arkansas, had that big run, had a really, really big spring game. So, we got here Jace McClellan, Drew Sanders. We're going to go with Jace McClellan. We're going to go Jace McClellan here. Going to go Jace McClellan. So, the reason why I'm going to go Jace McClellan here is the biggest breakout star is the one responsibility he's got here. Beating out B-Rob. And and, and, and I think he's going to get that done. I think he's going to get that done to be the number one back. And uh, Jace fits the modern-day college running back where he does everything well, speed well, burst well, run through the tackles well, catch the ball of the backfield well, can pass block a little bit. Working with one Brad Lester, speed genius, speed performance, athletic coach in Atlanta. And Lester told me, hey, look at this. This guy, Jace McClellan, more explosive than what Najee was last year. And I had Najee last year. We saw it, you nice did last year, but Brad Esther saying Jace way more explosive. Going with Jace McClellan here, bigger breakout star. But we appreciate the, we, we appreciate you guys in the chat. You guys in the chat picked Drew Sanders, forty percent of the vote. I, I want to see Drew do well. People look at him as kind of like the Captain America type. I want to see Drew do well. But I'm looking, I'm looking at Jace though because um, the big season he's gonna have a chance to have here. So we move on here. Final question right here. Final thought. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. Final thought right here. Whew, Jesus. Most Most unexpected unsung hero for Alabama 2021. Unexpected unsung hero. This is the guy that you don't expect. You're not expecting him to have a big season. You're not expecting him to have big production. Whatever this guy gives, icing on the cake, gravy, and it may even catch you by surprise here. So our, our, our choices here, we got Xavier Williams, wide receiver, Jalen Moody, linebacker, Daniel Wright, defense, safety, and uh, Jalen Armour Davis, cornerback. So I look at this, uh, Daniel Wright, that's my dude right there. That's my guy. Like him, but you know, at times can be very much so feast or famine. Did have a couple of interceptions a season ago, but not really rocking with Daniel. Not, not rocking with Daniel on this one. And you look at Xavier Williams, you know, good kid, has talent, has ability, trying to get himself on the field as a wide receiver from South Florida. Was able to come up a little bit down the stretch last season, but did not show up in the A-Day game the way I would have liked him to. So not even really – not feeling Xavier Williams there. Jalen Moody. Now, Jalen Moody, he stepped up a bit last year. Fielded Amber for. Uh, for Christian Harris in the Arkansas game, seven tackles, half a tackle for loss, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Did some good things last season. Had a really good spring. Had a really good spring game, and he is very much so knowledgeable of this system, entering his fourth year in this system. So we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep here, uh, Jalen Moody on the board, and then you got Jalen Armour Davis. When he came in in twenty eighteen, the coaching staff. Uh, just loved him, infatuated by him, his size, his speed, his ability, his athleticism, all of these things. So the fans, you guys are going with J.A.D., who's in the lead, with 75% of the vote here. I'm going to go with Jalen Armour Davis. Kick Slide King will be the unexpected, unsung hero. And the reason why I'm saying J.A.D., think Levi Wallace for just a moment. Levi Wallace, remember? He came in, walk on, battled, competed against all the great receivers, played a little bit in 2016, but 2017 was Levi's breakout year. We were like, "Who the heck is that?" You know the t Pang daga daga thing. We, we he went crazy. Levi, 15 pass breakups, 3 picks, a pick six, helped Bama win the national championship 2017 and got to the NFL. When I look at Jagan Armor Davis, the same type of potential, the same type of ability. He's held on to that starting corner spot opposite Josh Job throughout the entire spring. I think he's gonna hang on to it throughout the entire summer going and throughout fall camp. Keep your eyes on Jangan Armor Davis. Keep your eyes on this dude. I think he has a chance to put up some big numbers, have a very strong season, and have people going, did you expect this from him? Did you you expect this from Armor Davis? Jangan Armor Davis, unexpected, unsung hero here for Bama this season. But that was fun. That was fun. Thank you guys for playing elimination for this edition of Bama Football Forum. The upcoming season. As always, Todd fans, if you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here on your favorite program. I mean, the Crimson Tide, you can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast.fm, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio got you covered. The good and gracious Lord sees fit. I'll be back on Friday, continuing the conversation that is Tide Football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine, have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're also trying to copy that fresh edition, new edition, print edition of TDA, the magazine, you can get that by going to touchdownalabama.com and you can click join, become a member, a subscriber today. If you're also trying to get your hands on the Four Finger Bling necklace, Four Finger Bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we owned at FourthCore.com, that link is in the description as well. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, the fun thing, the smart thing, the good thing, the legitimate thing to not be bored. You get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, spending my own words.